WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Five o'clock. Good morning. It is Tuesday, November 28th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine cold today. High 40. Tonight and overnight clear. Low 32. And then Wednesday sunshine. The high only 39. If you're walking out the door with us right now. 33 and clear in Pleasantville up in Westchester County. 32 and clear in Edison down in New Jersey. And it is 34 and clear outside our Midtown studios right now. You'll notice right away. It's like been the coldest day of, well, this season anyway so far. But not terrible. It's nice out, but cold. Uh, You know, it has been 40 years since the Christmas craze of the Cabbage Batch Kids, uh, Cabbage Patch Kid Dolls. Remember this? When this was 1983, when people were going completely nuts to get a Cabbage Patch Kid doll for their kid under the tree. I mean, fights breaking out in stores. And you think about it now, like all these years later, all the electronics that have been big. But I think this might have been, at least in my lifetime, the biggest toy ever to cause a craze. This is what it sounded like. 40 years ago, about this time, when the Cabbage Kid craze went just nutso and people were ready to punch each other to get one of these dolls. There's people outside a store here in the city. How long have you been waiting? Since midnight. (laughs) I just got a real good punch, too, from someone else. These are ridiculous. Yes, she took a punch to the face. It's good to know that we are just as nuts now as we were then. The um, battle to claim that cabbage uh, kid raged on through the season. Uh, Some were victorious. Uh, Lots of people left uh, the store empty-handed. Remember there was moms, dads, grandparents shoving each other around to get one of these things. When those doors opened, we had to run like a marathon as fast as we could to get to the shelves, and we had to just grab whatever doll we could get. Yeah, okay. So I think Tickle Me Elmo was sort of like that, but not in the same way back in 1996. Uh, the most recent craze was those LOL surprise dolls. Maybe you remember that in 2017 if you have girls. But nothing like that this year that I've seen so far. But hard to believe that's 40 years ago that that Cabbage Kid craze took place. Uh, yesterday... We are watching on as two men were exonerated here in the city for murder convictions from the 1990s. Uh, one man walked away free. An investigation into Jabara Walker's case by the Innocence Project in the Manhattan DA's office found that police had pressured a witness's testimony during the mid-1990s. 30 officers from the 30th Precinct, they were known as the Dirty 30, were charged with corruption due to unlawful activities like uh, uh, distributing narcotics and extortion. And um, they were behind some of these people going to jail for crimes they did not commit. And one of them was Jabbar Walker, who spent all this time behind bars. He was set free yesterday, and you can imagine pretty excited uh, after the judge told him he could go. I'm out here now. I'm looking for answers. Hopefully we get them. First thing I want to do 
It's just spend time with my family. That's all. Yeah, man. man, you don't get that time back. He's one of hundreds of convictions. The Manhattan DA's office said is dismissed or vacated in the last years due to police misconduct. The other guy was Wayne Gardine. Now, he was not set free. There's some issues with his legal status in this country, but they did vacate his case in a murder conviction, and they say that he's innocent. He did not commit this crime. It was based on a lie back then from two teenagers. This was 1994 he was sent to prison. So when they sort out all these immigration issues, which I assume will be pretty soon, he will be able to walk free as well. Here was his mother yesterday. I'm happy for my son coming home to me after 30 years. I've been through a lot. I hope that they will release him. Yeah, I have a feeling that they may release him. So much of their life they have missed out on. Just awful. 505 overseas. We've been watching this temporary ceasefire between Israel and Hamas be extended now. Reporter of Raf Sanchez in the Middle East yesterday. Hamas saying they were open to it. The Israelis saying they were open to it. And now this senior Arab official with direct knowledge of the talk says a tentative agreement has been reached. Yeah, so it's not clear if it's going to go on how many more days. I mean, it's a couple more now. Around 40, 50 women, children who fit the criteria for this deal but have not yet been released. So the U.S. has been a big part of this, of pushing this for to happen, this pause to continue. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby speaking to reporters late yesterday. This humanitarian pause has already brought a halt to the fighting together with a surge of humanitarian assistance. So the big question is, where are the American hostages? You had that little girl who was let go over the weekend, a dual American-Israeli citizen. But there's supposed to be nine more Americans being held hostage in by Hamas in Gaza. Hamas is committed to releasing another 20 women and children over the next two days. We would, of course, hope to see the pause extended further. So how many of these are Americans? Probably in the neighborhood of eight to nine. But we don't necessarily have firm, solid information on each and every one of them. Yeah, so uh, it's not clear if those hostages will be released. Uh, Eleven more hostages released from Gaza yesterday in exchange for 33 Palestinians held in Israel. The 11 hostages released included three French citizens, two German citizens, six Argentinian citizens, while the 33 released Palestinians are compromised of uh, 30 minors and three women. And they were all behind bars. Uh, One of the mothers who's been waiting to hear about her uh, son is um, he's 23 year old Hirsch Goldberg. He's the one who likely had his arm either blown off or shot off as he tried to escape from Hamas terrorists back on October 7th. And his mother has been out there begging for his release. And she you can imagine how hard it must be for her to watch all these other people be released and know that her son may not be released anytime soon. At, if at all, we've gotten to know these people and to to know. So she's that, talking about her fellow hostage group. All these hostage families have sort of united together in a bid to get their kids, their loved ones free. And she says they should become very close with them. So she's applauding the fact that at least they're getting their loved ones back. We've gotten to know these people and to to know that they're having their children return to them. I mean, it's unbelievable. And uh And that these older people are getting, these older women are getting out and some of the moms are getting out. It's been incredible. It's been a huge 
beacon of hope and relief for us. Yeah, so hopefully she'll get her son Hirsch back. Uh, just the cruelty of all this. So one of the, the youngest hostages now is this 10-month-old Israeli boy. Now we find out that Hamas does not have hold of him. Uh, apparently they handed him off to another Palestinian terror, or terror group who Israel will have to negotiate to get his freedom. Just awful. WABC News Time 510. Let's say just one more story in the Middle East. Of course, part of this agreement to release the hostages and then return prisoners to Gaza includes humanitarian aid that has been driven into the Gaza Strip. The executive director of the United Nations World Food Program, it is Cindy McCain, John McCain's uh, the uh, widow now, uh, uh, she says that Gaza is on the brink of famine and that the food trucks, more of them have to get in there. This is something that's not only terrific, but it will spread. And with that comes disease and everything else that you can't imagine. So she says 110,000 people in Gaza have been fed since this pause in the fighting. Bottom line, we need more trucks in, we need more aid in, we need to be able to have more access to be able to distribute the aid. Right, so the Israelis will say that is up to Hamas if they want to extend that window and release more hostages, more aid will get in. The problem is is not just the ability to not be able to feed. The problem is the world needs to step up. 5-11, two weeks now. Since 41 Indian workers became trapped under the debris of a collapsed tunnel, so these rescue plans to get them, they hit a major roadblock over the weekend. In New Delhi, Ishan Gang says a drilling machine that was being used to clear a path to the men just suddenly broke down. Rescue workers will have to manually dig through debris to lay pipes that can eventually be used to bring the trapped workers out. Alternatively, they're also beginning vertical drilling on top of the tunnel. Authorities say the trapped men are being provided with food, essential medicines and oxygen through pipes and that they are in good health. The 41 workers were trapped after a portion of an under-construction tunnel in the Himalayan state of Uttarakhand collapsed after a landslide. Ishan Garg, New Delhi. That's one of those stories sort of underreported. This one in China, of course, has uh, lots of people concerned. China's health ministry says the country needs more fever clinics now to cope with the surge in respiratory diseases during its first winter since COVID restrictions ended last year in Hong Kong. Reporter Andrew Wood says the World Health Organization last week asking for a lot more details about the outbreaks after a report of clusters of child pneumonia. This outbreak of flu and other illnesses is unusual, but not unusually unusual, as the germs involved are common and well known. China's reputation for truthfulness and transparency was badly damaged by COVID. Early reports of COVID in the city of Wuhan were suppressed. The doctor there who first identified COVID and blew the alarm was actually at first punished by the Chinese police for spreading rumours. He later died of COVID. Andrew Wood. Hong Kong. 513, let's bring it back home and up to Vermont. The mayor of Burlington says the shooting of three college students of Palestinian descent in his city, just totally shocking. Mayor Mira Weinberger says the weekend shooting was unprovoked. He uh, thanked police for quickly grabbing the 48-year-old gunman who shot them. My husband really feels like there's nowhere safe to be Palestinian any longer. I, I am I'm, I'm in agony, um, but I want to be there for him, and I am going to be there for him, encouraging him, because he is an incredible young man. Yeah, so uh, the uh, shooting taking place uh, over the weekend? He did not want Hisham to come back for Christmas. I wanted him to come back for Christmas, and Ali said, no, just leave him there. So this is the mother of one of the people who was shot. 
He did not want Hisham to come back for Christmas. I wanted him to come back for Christmas, and Ali said, no, just leave him there. It's safer. And um, he was in Burlington, and, you know, my husband is just devastated by the fact that he couldn't protect his son. Yeah, so two of the victims in stable condition, a third seriously injured. Attorney General Merrick Garland looking into whether the shooting was a hate crime. The TSA says it was an all-time record for screening air air travelers this weekend. People back out again. Sunday's record-breaking crowds at airports ended a busy travel period for the TSA that started back on November 17th. The agency says it screened more than 2.9 million passengers just on Sunday. In days leading up to Thanksgiving, about 2.6 million were screened per day on average. The strong demand for travel continues post-pandemic and could mean long lines at airport security checkpoints throughout the holiday season. I'm Rory O'Neill. Yeah, we were getting reports, of course, all weekend how packed the airports were and that record set on Sunday. So many people, almost three million people screened by TSA workers across the country. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Good morning, Justin Ellis. Good morning, Noam Aladdin. Start with week 12 in the NBA wrapping up, or not the NBA, the NFL. Must be Tuesday. Wrapping up last night with the uh, Chicago Bears paying the Minnesota uh, Vikings a visit for Monday Night Football. Cairo Santos made a 30-yard field goal with 10 seconds left. And the Bears had four interceptions of Josh Dobbs in a defense-dominated 12-10 to victory over the Vikings. Uh, with the win, Chicago improves to 4-8 and eight and still sits in last place of the NFC North. While Minnesota falls to 6-6 six and six and is narrowly hanging on to second place in the division in front of Green Bay and behind Detroit. On the hardwood, no local action last night, but both the Knicks and the Nets are back at it tonight for some more NBA in-season tournament group play. Both tipping off at 7.30 p.m., the Knicks will welcome in the Charlotte Hornets, and the Nets get set to host the Toronto Raptors. On the ice at the Garden, the Rangers came back down to earth a bit, suffering a 5-1 loss at the hands of the Buffalo Sabres. Zibanejad had the lone tally for New York, which was 13-1-1 in its previous 15 games. The Rangers coming off a 7-4 win against Boston on Saturday. Hadn't lost at home since October 19th against uh, Nashville. They'll see if they can get right back on track come tomorrow night when they're set to host the Detroit Red Wings. As for tonight, the Islanders and Devils will both be back in action with a head-to-head meeting in Newark. Puck drop there is scheduled for 7 p.m. Your voice is a little hoarse. Is that from the Eagles win on Sunday night? Uh, that actually uh, lended uh, not as much to it as, like, I'm coming down with a little something. I'm sorry to hear that. I don't know what it is. You know. I, I just want to point out, because I've watched... Could uh, be the changing of the seasons now. Subscribe, or whatever you have to do on TikTok, yes. to Justin's... Uh, videos they're great it's him watch a lot of them are him watching eagles games yeah and they're i i mean i can't tell you how entertaining they are (laughs) (laughs) to watch you screaming in a bar at a tv there's just nothing better i appreciate the plug though because you're one of the very few people who have seen them oh really oh okay (laughs) well i mean i don't know you know they're not going viral or anything like that. Well, I'm going to try to make it that they go viral oh, okay. because they really are very funny. All right. All right. Yeah. And I'll be Alec Unleashed on TikTok. But don't go on TikTok anyways. It's a spy organization. Nobody oh, likes that's that true. anyways. But the screaming you're doing, and I wouldn't be surprised if you were losing your voice just from watching the screaming on those TikTok I actually videos. No, I actually tried to be mindful of it this weekend. I tried. <laughs> okay. I knew I would have to be here on Monday, and, uh, you know, I didn't want to catch any flack from the, from the crew. 
So there you go. There you have it, Gnome. That's sports. I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 519. President Biden rolling out new actions to strengthen U.S. supply chains. We're doubling down on our work at home, starting right here, right now, with the launch of a new Council on Supply Chain Resilience. The president says this new council going to focus on ensuring supply chains remain secure and diversified. Other actions include the creation of an early warning system to supply, uh, supply, uh, spot rather supply chain risks. I'm charging this group to ensure that our supply chains remain secure, diversified, resilient, that uses data to spot supply chains risks to our economic security, our national security, our energy security, and our climate security. Yeah, no doubt we have not totally recovered when it comes to the supply chain from everything during the pandemic. People had to get certain kinds of shots. It was not available. They had to get it overseas. Well, that supply chain is going to start here in America. Yeah, we'll have to see how that works out. A growing number of polls, by the way, show President Biden has a big problem gaining support of black voters when it comes to next year's election. Republicans say there is a good reason why. I think inflation, you know, kitchen table issues tend to be the ones that motivate people the most. Senator John Cornyn of Texas says Democrats in general are turned off by Biden's age. He just turned 81. The Republican Party was more consistently pro-police and lower taxes. And uh, Cornyn says black voters, like everybody else, are turned off by inflation and high taxes. I feel like the country's not going in the right direction because it's affecting them where they live. A New York Times poll this month found that Donald Trump is seeing more support from black voters in battleground states that included Nevada, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer plans to bring a bill forward tying Israel and Ukraine funding to the floor as soon as next week. Aid to Israel, Ukraine, humanitarian aid for civilians in Gaza and the Indo-Pacific are all related and demand bipartisan cooperation. President Biden requesting $106 billion from Congress for Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, and border funding. But Republicans seeking border policy changes as a part of any spending bill, a demand Schumer says is holding up critical aid to U.S. allies. We must, for one, finish the task of passing an emergency supplemental bill with aid to Ukraine, aid to Israel, new humanitarian assistance to innocent civilians in Gaza, House of Republicans, meanwhile, want Israel and Ukraine funding to be passed separately. 522 out to California, 300 migrants a night now staying at the airport in San Diego after being dropped off by Border Patrol agents. Of course, the migrant issue huge here in New York, uh, New York, and it's huge as well in California. San Diego County Supervisor Jim Desmond says migrants have been staying overnight at the airport, including during Thanksgiving week. The increase in airport numbers come as more than 42,000 migrants have been released into San Diego County since the middle of September. The Union Tribune says last two years have seen a 72% increase in the number of migrants coming into California. I'm Jack Cronin. All right, it seems like everybody's going to Texas to raise money. It's become a huge place to do so. You saw President Trump was there last week. This week, Vice President Kamala Harris in Houston raising cash for the Biden re-election campaign. Wealthy Democrats in Texas are reluctant to give to Texas Democrat candidates because they don't win very often. They're more inclined to give to national Democrats. Yeah, it's hard for a Democrat to win in Texas. That's SMU political analyst Cal Jilson, who says Houston specifically has a lot of well-heeled Democratic donors who want to give to national campaigns, and that's why Vice President Harris has been there. There are lots of Democrats here as well, and lots of rich Democrats. Kamala Harris is being assigned to 
places. But I do think he can be effective in fundraising. And she has been pretty effective. This is the week two of two of the country's most well-known governors are going to face off in a televised debate on the Sean Hannity show. Florida governor and Republican presidential candidate Ron DeSantis will clash with California Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom on Thursday night. Fox News host Sean Hannity will moderate the 90-minute debate in Georgia. Hannity says the debate will focus on the contrast of ideas between red state Florida and blue state California. I'm Rick Hoshul. Yeah, I guess DeSantis hoping that'll somehow help his campaign campaign get back to where it should be anyway 524 cursive making a comeback in california classrooms the new law requires teaching cursive or joined italics handwriting in grades one through six starting in january supporters of the law say that studies show a link between cursive and cognitive abilities including helping with reading and writing disabilities like dyslexia and dysgraphia Critics of the cursive requirements argue students should spend that time learning new skills such as coding and keyboarding. Nika Magahis, NBC News Radio. Yeah, it seems like a little bit of a waste of time to teach people cursive at this point. Yesterday was a Cyber Monday, and it'll be amazing when it's all said and done how many people were ripped off with items that were not real. So many fake websites out there wanting to suck up your cash for things they were never going to deliver on. Online Chinese sellers often rely on Mexican cartels to skirt U.S. customs imports to import goods that are lethal. Yeah, the Mexican cartel's even involved in this. Former Homeland Security Associate Director Elisa Eric says the involvement of the Mexican cartels goes way beyond getting items across the border. Just They just want to take your money and then not deliver. Homeland Security Investigation Special Agent seized over 20,812 shipments containing unregulated goods last year. Yeah, so some of it is just uh, stuff getting across the border. We have seen that folks are paying off their smuggling debts by participating in ORC. And then some of it is just fake websites, a ton of them yesterday. Holiday spending, though, off to a good start online, but a new survey showing it could be a frosty holiday gift-giving season due to inflation. WalletHub conducting a nationwide survey to see how the economy is affecting the holiday shopping season. More than one in three Americans are forgoing gifts this year due to inflation. That's the WalletHub's uh, Cassandra Happy. She says Santa will be less generous this year. She notes another 30% of people will spend less on gifts than they did last year. For other shoppers, Happy says the holiday season means pie on more debt. Roughly 25% of Americans still have holiday debt from last year. With inflation and the way that rates have just skyrocketed, it has really impacted how much people are able to give this year. So not only are people struggling with having the money to be able to give as much as they would like this year, they're still grappling with uh, their spending from last year if they haven't paid that off already. Yeah, so you may not be getting as much under the tree as you did last year or even a couple years ago. 28% of people will spend less than last year on their holiday shopping. Yeah. Uh, Wall Street, it opens this morning after a slightly lower start for the final trading week in November. The major averages traded in a narrow range as investors took a breather after a four-week winning streak. At the closing bell, the Dow fell 56 points. S&P 500 lost nine. The Nasdaq lost 10 points. Talk Radio 77 WABC. 
It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noam Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noam on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me, 531. Good morning. It is Tuesday, November 28th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunny, cold today, the high just 40. Tonight, an overnight clear, low 32. And then Wednesday. Stay sunshine, the high just 39. If you are walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 33 and clear in Pleasantville up in Westchester County. It is 32 and clear in Edison down in New Jersey. And it is 33 and clear outside our Midtown studios. We'll start this half hour down in D.C. Will this be the week that Long Island Congressman George Santos is expelled? He expects it. It will be the U.S. House of Representatives likely decide as soon as this week whether to expel the embattled congressman ahead of the potential vote. Santos taking to a whole bunch of different podcasts and radio shows, acknowledging that his fate is probably sealed and that he'll expel, be expelled. But he says he's going to go down fighting, whatever that means. I know I'm going to get expelled when this expulsion resolution goes to the floor. Yeah, so he did this hours-long chat on Friday and then again over the weekend with a Twitter host, uh, Monica Matthews. I have to be honest, I don't know who she is. But uh, he was colorful in his defense of himself. He says he's not the only person in Congress who's gotten in trouble before. They all act like they are on ivory towers with white pointy hats and they're untouchable. I mean, within the ranks of the United States Congress, there's felons galore, there's people with all sorts of shysty backgrounds, and all of a sudden, George Santos is the Mary Magdalene of United States Congress. We're all going to stone this mother because it's just politically expedient. Yeah, I'm kind of missing this because he's entertaining, at least. All right, but I know maybe not great for long. I went earlier this month, the House Ethics Committee releasing just the scathing report accusing Santos of deceiving donors, making up fictitious loans, stealing from his own campaign. The personal expenses he allegedly racked up with campaign cash include hostel, uh, hotel stays in Vegas and Atlantic City, spa and cosmetic services, Botox uh, purchases, of uh, handbags um, and then going on to porn sites and paying for them like OnlyFans. So it could come this vote this week. Of course, we'll watch it. Hey, maybe you're one of these people who you'll get these notices and you'll think, okay, I'll just wait to the last possible moment to fix what's wrong, especially when it comes to government agencies. But this is one you want to watch out for. More than 50,000 New York drivers will have their licenses suspended on Friday If they have not provided eye tests, this goes back to this measure that was adopted during the pandemic that allowed drivers to temporarily self-certify the vision test in order to renew their licenses. So you couldn't go into an office. So you just had to basically tell them, yeah, I can see. Well, now they want to know that you can see. And by the way, so do the rest of us. The deadline to complete the vision test at a Department of Motor Vehicles uh, expired on Sunday. So the DMV notified drivers who deferred their vision test during the pandemic through notices in April and then again in October. And now the gig's up. If uh, you didn't have the eye test, 50,000 of you, that's a lot, will have your licenses uh, suspended come Friday. Uh, let's go out to New Jersey. Just a god-awful story. Three people, two men and a woman, shot and killed inside a plain-filled New Jersey condo yesterday. A neighbor says 
it wasn't the first time there had been trouble at this apartment before. Cops racing to this home on Coppola Drive in South Plainfield after a neighbor reported hearing shots fired at a place called the Traditions Condo Complex. Middlesex County Prosecutor's Office releasing a press release saying the officers found three people, two men and a woman, had suffered fatal gunshot wounds. Uh, Neighbors say, yeah, they had seen trouble there before. Do I know what happened? I have no idea. I just woke up to police knocking on my door. I didn't really know them. I just know one time the police were there for domestic violence. The woman and one of the men were pronounced dead at the scene. The other man who suffered multiple gunshot wounds taken to the hospital. He later died from his injuries. A fourth person who was there was actually taken into custody and later charged with these murders. He was shaken up. He, he was in a state of shock. So it has never... I've been in the community staying here since 16 years, and I've never seen such an incident like this. Yeah, frightening because the traditions apartment complex is home to just a bunch of young families who've emigrated here. There's cameras all over. There's cameras coming in and out of the complex, and each every building has cameras outside and inside the uh, breezeway. So hopefully that can help. Yeah, an investigation continues by the South Plainfield Police Department. Unfortunately, just another upsetting story. This one up in the Bronx, maybe you heard about this over the weekend, where three people were found stabbed to death in an apartment building in the Bronx. It was a man, his wife, and the wife's son, a five-year-old kid. And now they're saying... The teenage son of the father is the one who carried out these crimes. Uh, Jonathan Rivera and his son, Caden Rivera, were found repeatedly stabbed inside their building. Also targeted in the attack was Caden's mother, 33-year-old Hanoi Peralta. Uh, Jonathan Rivera's teenage son checked himself into a hospital with cuts on his hand, and that's how they were able to tie him to the crime. And uh, relatives, you can imagine, just devastated that all three of these people are gone. Uh, they were speaking out yesterday to Eyewitness News. He loved his mother. She loved that boy. Where he was at, there she was. Where she was, he was. They both had life purpose, and it was taken from both of them. So Perlato's uh, sister said he she just saw her sister and the five-year-old just a week ago. We spent the day just doing some little shopping for Christmas, and the next day was Thanksgiving. I don't expect that someone to want to harm the devil, anybody of all people. Yeah, so the thought, the thought here is the teenage son uh, had some mental health issues and apparently some sort of beef with the family. The sweetest little thing. He loved his action figures, anything Marvel. He owned a toy shop. <laughs> he had it all. Yeah, terrible story. Vigil outside of that Bronx building even this morning. WABC Newstime 539, a New Jersey community just reeling from the death of a 17-year-old over the Thanksgiving holiday. This is in uh, Rocco Rodden. He was uh, 17 years old. A football standout at St. Joseph's Regional High in Montvale, a rising star. All those hopes and dreams coming to a tragic end when he was stabbed during a confrontation with another teenager. It was here in the city outside a club on Thursday. This is the night everybody goes out on Wednesday night into Thursday. College kids, high school kids going out. And it was just some stupid fight. Now this uh, 17-year-old tragically gone. Here is uh, Rocco's dad. He was speaking out for the first time yesterday. It is heart-wrenching 
For parents to bury children, it's completely unacceptable. The family is broken inside and out. Yeah, so Rocco Rodden was out with his brother and sister at a club near the corner of Lafayette and White Streets, Lower Manhattan, where witnesses say there were multiple fights involving teenagers. Rodden was stabbed in the torso while his brother was stabbed, now has 50 stitches. Rocco, though, died a few hours later. His brother's death has touched off a wave of sadness and sorrow all across Montvale over the weekend. He was a true warrior, and he died defending one of his friends. He was one of a kind. He was the eye of the tiger, the light of the darkest room, and the life of the party. Yeah, so apparently he was defending somebody when he was stabbed. Police arrested a 19-year-old from Long Island. He now faces murder charges. Let's go out to Long Island, where Suffolk County's 911 system was experiencing service disruptions a lot of the day yesterday. Callers were getting busy signals instead of an operator. There were apparently intermittent issues with at least one cell phone carrier. Uh, officials would not identify that carrier by name, but uh, there were problems a lot of the day yesterday. If you're relying on that service to be there when it's not there, when you need it, that's a problem. I hope they get it fixed. Yes, so a similar problem was happening with the town of Riverdale's 911 system. If you dialed 911 yesterday, you heard a rapid, rapid busy signal. Uh, and so police were trying to get the message out to call these different numbers instead of 911 that were working. The outage uh, was only affecting mobile phones. So uh, Suffolk County said for the most part they don't think it impacted emergency services. And it seems to have all worked out and things are working again. In New Jersey, a similar type of day, two New Jersey hospitals were turning away new patients yesterday after a ransomware attack potentially compromised patient information. New Jersey's Hackensack Meridian Mountainside Medical Center, that's in Montclair, and Hackensack Meridian Pascac Valley in Westwood were diverting patients to nearby ERs. A um, Scott uh, Schober, he works with Berkeley Veritronics System. He spoke to News 12. He said cyber attacks are becoming more common and hospitals are likely targets as they continue to uh, migrate from paper to digital. And those you know, files become ultimately very valuable. They're after the money. So something such as hospital data is actually about five times more valuable than our personal data. Yes, yeah, so he says really the big deal is just to back all of the stuff up online. So when there is a cyber attack, you can sort of wipe it clean and you have the information somewhere else. Back up your data on a regular basis. You're much safer. Why? Because if your systems, your network, and your computers are now encrypted and you can't access them, you can actually wipe them off and revert to your backup. But if you don't have a backup to revert to, you're in trouble. 543, New York City buses. You won't be shocked to hear this. Some of the slowest in the nation and transit advocates, including the Riders Alliance, are calling on Mayor Adams to better invest in city buses. Mayor Adams owns the slowest buses in the nation here in New York, especially because he's blocked so many projects to speed them up after promising riders that he would improve the speed. So the mayor has a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, if you need to be in a hurry anywhere, the bus usually the wrong way to go. MTA data shows buses on city streets travel an average of 8.18 miles per hour. (laughs) 
slightly slower than the year before. So they're even worse than they were, even slower than they were a couple years ago. City Hall has uh, shut down some uh, bus improvement projects. Part of this is budget cuts, I imagine. But um, whatever it is, the Riders Alliance is saying they're not doing anything to make it better. Our mayor likes to compare himself to his predecessor, Bill de Blasio. But Bill de Blasio was able to get major bus projects done across the city in the final years of its administration. Mayor Adams has some catching up to do. One of these rider advocacy groups, I remember they sent me out to cover this story. They would do these the Pokey Awards. Do you remember this? I don't even know if they still do it, where they would find the slowest bus route in the city. And uh, one year they gave reporters, if I'm remembering this story right, they gave us big wheels. Remember those things, big wheels that you rode around as kids? And uh, we rode on the sidewalk as the crosstown buses rode across, and we they wanted to see who would get across town faster, people on the big wheel or people on the bus. And you can guess who won. It was us on the big wheel. And the mayor himself keeps getting in the DOT's way, right? We have city officials who put in thousands of hours over years to get projects to the finish line only to see City Hall cancel those projects. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this is people who can't walk those stairs in certain stations, so that's why they take the bus. But, of course, subway is always the way to go. It's so much faster. All right, 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noam Alayden. Our we... TikTok star, Justin Ellick. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Ellick Unleashed for those uh, looking for a nice Oh, is that protocol. what it is? That's what it's called. Ellick Unleashed. And spell your last name so people can find you. <laughs> oh, God. You're making me blush over here, Noam. Uh, E-L-L-I-C-K. Okay. <laughs> Week 12 in the NFL wrapped up. I didn't know how to spell it. That's why I asked <laughs> yeah, yeah. you to. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, nobody knows how to spell Noam Layden either. No, they so, yeah. there you go. Week 12 in the NFL wrapped up last night with the Chicago Bears paying the Minnesota Vikings a visit for Monday Night Football. Cairo Santos made a 30-yard field goal with 10 seconds left, and the Bears had four interceptions of Josh Dobbs and a defense-dominated 12-10 victory over the Vikings. With the win, Chicago improves to 4-8 and eight and still sits in last place of the NFC North. While Minnesota falls to 6-6 six and six and is narrowly hanging on to second place in that division in front of Green Bay and behind Detroit on the hardwood. No local action last night, but both the Knicks and the Nets are back at it tonight for some more NBA in-season tournament group play. Both tipping off at 7.30 p.m. The Knicks will welcome in the Charlotte Hornets while the Nets get set to host the Toronto Raptors. On the ice at the Garden, the Rangers came back down to earth a bit. Suffering a 5-1 loss at the hands of the Buffalo Sabres. Zibanejad had the lone tally for New York, which was 13-1-1 in its previous 15 games. The Rangers coming off a 7-4 win against Boston on Saturday. They hadn't lost at home since October 19th against Nashville. They'll see if they can get right back on track come tomorrow night when they're set to host the Detroit Red Wings. As for tonight, the Islanders and Devils will both be back in action with a head-to-head meeting in Newark. Puck drop there is scheduled for 7 p.m. That's Sports Gnome, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, let's catch you up on some of the big stories of the morning. One yesterday, watching two men be exonerated for murder convictions from the 1990s. An investigation into Jabbar Walker's case by the Innocence Project in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office found that police pressured a witness's testimony. Uh, During the mid-1990s, there were 30 officers from the 30th Precinct that were known as the Dirty 30. They were charged with corruption due to unlawful uh, activities like distributing narcotics and extortion. 
Um, so Walker uh, spent um, 25 years in prison for murders he did not commit. He was let go yesterday, walked out of the courthouse a free man. Uh, here's what he had to say. I'm out here now. I'm looking for answers. Hopefully we get them. First thing I want to do is just spend time with my family. That's all, man. Yeah. Don't get those 25 years back, unfortunately. An investigation into his case by the Innocence Project in the Manhattan DA's office found that police pressured a witness's testimony. He's one of hundreds of convictions, and the Manhattan DA's office has said they'll dismiss or vacate uh, due to police misconduct. Now, while Walker is free, uh, Wayne Gardeem... He also, his murder conviction was vacated as well yesterday, but he is still behind bars this morning. He has some issues with immigration he has to sort out. In his case, his conviction was based on a lie from two teenagers, his murder conviction. So um, eventually will be let go. We don't know how this all works out in terms of immigration. But his mother, she was in court yesterday, and she says, you know, her son has not been home since 1994. I'm happy for my son coming home. To me, after 30 years, I've been through a lot. I hope that they will release him. Yeah, I have a feeling that they may release him. So the lawyers from the Innocence Project for both men said officers from the 30th Precinct were responsible for their clients' convictions all those years ago. In the Middle East, we've been watching this temporary ceasefire that's been extended between Israel and Hamas. Hamas saying they were open to it. The Israelis saying they were open to it. And now the senior Arab official with direct knowledge of the talk says a tentative agreement has been reached. Well, it was reached. So two days extra of releasing hostages. Around 40, 50 women, children who fit the criteria for this deal but have not yet been released. America has been very involved in these conversations. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby telling reporters yesterday that the president has been on the phone trying to work the phones to get this ceasefire extended and more hostages released. This humanitarian pause has already brought a halt to the fighting together with a surge of humanitarian assistance. So now the White House is calling for even a longer pause past these two days. It's not clear if that's going to happen. Hamas has committed to releasing another 20 women and children over the next two days. We would, of course, hope to see the pause extended further. So the big question a lot of people have had, only one American has been released during these hostages released over the last uh, four or five days. Uh, There are nine more. So the question is, when will those hostages be released? Probably in the neighborhood of eight to nine. But we don't necessarily have firm, solid information on each and every one of them. Yeah, so they don't even know for sure if these hostages, of course, are even alive. That's how bad their information is. And they don't know when they're going to be released. That's pretty clear from yesterday's press conference. Eleven more hostages released yesterday in exchange for 33 Palestinians held in Israel. Of the 11 hostages include three French citizens, two German citizens, six Argentinian citizens, while the 33 released from uh, Israeli prisons were Palestinian women and minors. Uh, One of the people who has not been released and may not be for a while, unfortunately, is 23-year-old Hirsch Goldberg. His parents 
are American and uh, who now live in Israel. And no doubt, if you've been following the story at all, you've seen his mother on TV a lot talking about her son, Hirsch, who may have had his arm blown off by a grenade before he was kidnapped by Hamas militants. Uh, She's hoping he's still alive. But of course, it's women and children first, and it's not clear when they'll get to adult men. But she's hoping for the best, and she's part of this group of Israeli hostage families who have bonded during this process and tried to pressure the government to get their loved ones out. So she says she does celebrate the fact that other hostages have been released. But, of course, it hurts to see that her son is now one of them. We've gotten to know these people and to to know that they're having their children return to them. I mean, it's unbelievable. And, uh, and that these older people are getting... These older women are getting out and some of the moms are getting out. It's been incredible. It's been a huge beacon of hope and relief for us. Now we hope that her son and the other ones will be released. Uh, just to tell you how sick uh, some of these Hamas terrorists are, not that you don't have enough information to make that decision already. One of the hostages is a 10-month-old Israeli boy, the youngest hostage captured by Hamas. And he and his family have apparently been handed off to another Palestinian terror group in what one relative says is just more psychological terror for them. It's the Bibas family. So they don't know where they are. Apparently, maybe the Israelis are completely are not completely sure where they are as well. But it's a different terrorist organization holding on to their family, which means a separate negotiation to get this 10 month old and the rest of the family out of captivity. Of course, it's not clear if they're alive. But what we do know about this family and the movement of them is they've moved him into an area where once the ceasefire is over, Israel has promised to bomb. So I guess the hope on the part of these terrorists is that the Israelis won't bomb this area, knowing that this family's being held there. That is the uh, executive director of the United Nations World Food Program, says Gaza is on the brink of famine, even with all the trucks of food that have been let in over the last four days. This is something that's not only terrific, but it will spread. And with that comes disease and everything else that you can't imagine. That's Cindy McCain, the widow of John McCain, says she hopes the temporary ceasefire between Israel and Hamas can last more than these days and additional trucks will bring in aid. Now, she says more than 110,000 people in Gaza have been fed since the pause in fighting, but she says that a whole lot more needs to be done still. Bottom line, we need more trucks in, we need more aid in, we need to be able to have more access to be able to distribute the aid. So there's no doubt that a lot of people are going hungry in Gaza. Some of it is the terrorists are getting in the way in terms of the delivery of these supplies. Uh, but Cindy McCain says that shouldn't stop the trucks from going in there, that they should. the more they go in, the more likely people will be fed. The problem is, is not just the ability to not be able to feed. The problem is the world needs to step up. All right. So now later our time, but probably about noon our time, which is seven o'clock Israel time, the next group of hostages will be or expected to be released. Uh, we'll see when that list comes out. And of course, as the information about those hostages comes, on, uh, comes out, we will pass them on to you.